welcome to Happy Hour, a work, culture and lifestyle show. We're your hosts, Penny Blackmore and Brittany Bowering. And if you like the show, can you please sing us a song? And also tell a friend about the show. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. <laughs> oh my God, I think we missed our calling. I think that was pretty good. We can write <laughs> jingles for advertising agencies. Absolutely, we could. Because that's, that's all the rage right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ad agencies are like, who can write me a really compelling what jingle? What I need is, yeah, a mm. really good jingle. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's great. How are you doing, Penny? Oh, I'm so good. It's yeah. really, It's. I was just saying to Britt that it's one of those days where it's like hot in the sun or hot if you do anything, but freezing if you're sitting in the shade. Yeah. So I'm like, I was sitting in a cafe and I was freezing and then I came here and then I'm hot and now, yeah, anyway. It's called autumn. Autumn. <laughs> uh, or fall, as we call it in Canada. I like that. I like both words. Yeah? But, I, I um, like autumn. It sounds more uh, romantic. Autumn is in my notes as <laughs> going into autumn and wondering, what is winter in Berlin without nightclubs? Mm. What do people do? Question mark, question mark, question mark. So you don't really go to clubs. So what do you do during winter, Brittany? (laughs) Please enlighten us. Don't I sound like just a... I mean, what (laughs) do I do during the winter? When Brittany does go to clubs, though, she's a smash hit. It's a real good time. Okay, so uh, what I do in winter... I mean, I think what I do is a lot of, like, dining out as well as having dinner parties at home. But I've just done that for all of coronavirus. Yeah, that's that's going to be the problem. <laughs> I've cooked so many. I've cooked dinner for every flipping person in <gasps> Berlin. You could go bowling. Oh my God, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But I get frustrated when I'm not very good at There are a few things. So the movies, what about the cinema? Okay. I could see a movie. Yeah. I haven't seen a movie. Are they even open though? I don't even know if yeah, cinemas are open. Yeah, they are. Oh, yeah. really? There's a new movie out. Apparently it's very confusing. It's called Tenet. Oh. Have you heard about it? Maybe. Yeah, it sounds anyway. familiar. How are you, Britt? It's confusing. What's it about? Well, it's, well, you know, those time travel movies. Oh, yeah. Where you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> and then I always like spend the next 20 minutes Googling it. Yeah. Being like, explain you're this. Like, Did I understand that right? Yeah. yeah. I or, love that. Okay, yeah. It's oh, my God. It's a full disaster. So I, I also am, uh, am feeling the weather changes. Mm-hmm. And what I think is equal, equal parts annoying, but equal parts very entertaining and fun mm-hmm. is... Um, how wasps are they're like they're they're thirsty for their last like they they know it's almost over mm-hmm. you know so they're like the way they're buzzing around right now like they're a bit slow right but they're yeah, aggressive yeah, yeah, true. you know mm-hmm. so they're like right in your face and slowly buzzing around and th- this morning i was having a coffee and these guys were i mean it's so to me it's so funny these people that go to these uh these brunch places and they order the like French toast with berry syrup and mm, like, like just sugar, really sugar, sugar, sugar. Yeah. And then they sit there the entire time eating it. One hand is like swatting wasps away mm. and the other hand's trying to eat. And it's like, it's very entertaining It's and like funny. you asked for this. Totally. I mean, it was the wrong choice. You I have know? to say, like, I really reckon that I'm a proper Berliner now because I don't, the wasps don't bother me. Just, and I've got a tactic with like putting something over my glass when I'm drinking yeah. an Aperol spritz. Yeah. Um, but I was at the park the other day with Dee, our friend. Hi, Dee. Um, and she did this most classic D thing, which was to be completely unfazed by the wasp that wanted to enter her mouth. Oh my God. She just took her hand and ever so slowly moved it across her face. It was almost like she was picking up the wasp. <laughs> 
with her hand to set it free somewhere else. And then it just kind of buzzed away. And I was like, that's D in a nutshell, isn't it? That's really funny. Just totally fucking relaxed about yeah, everything. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. I have a friend who has a couple of kids and she taught her kids that they should just, if they see a wasp, right, they're really young, uh, young babies. Mm-hmm. She says, if you see a wasp, you just don't move, mm-hmm. right? Because kids like... You they know, swat they get, them and stuff. Yeah, and they get they get bit all the time, mm. you know? That's like the last time I was stung by a wasp was mm. when I was a kid, right? Anyway, but her kids now, they took it so seriously that when a wasp was around, they just completely freeze to the point where they'll have like <laughs> wasps crawling on their face. On their mouths and, and, and on their mouths. Yeah. And they won't move because they were told that you have to just stay still and the wasp won't hurt you. Your How children. <laughs> Um, um, but yeah, it's just like, it's the German, you know, following all the rules, obedience. you know, the yeah. obedience. Yeah. I just love it. And the little German kids, they're so cute. Um, anyway, very funny. But yeah, autumn is coming. And that also means that Christmas is coming, Penny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can I tell oh. you what, can we also talk about one more autumn thing? Yes, please. So when Brittany and I went away to Lubeck, we went, um, there was one time where I was like, Brit. I didn't bring any stretchy pants. Give me Mm. your stretchy pants. And I put her pants on and they were from Lululemon and it was like angels kissing my bottom. Like (laughs) it was just, so that's a weird thing to say. They make the best sweatpants. They they do. The fabric was so nice that Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm going to spend lots of money on a pair of these exact same sweatpants Mm -hmm. because I wear, I wear stretchy pants every day, right? Because I work at home. I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna claim it as a tax deduction. So whatever. And so I went into the store and I was like, I'm not going to buy them online because I'm going to f- really try them on and make sure they're the right ones. So I went into the store, put them on, and I was like, honestly, I'm not getting the same happiness. Interesting. So I walked out and then I went to H&M <laughs> and I got a pair for 15 bucks and they're from the conscious range. So they're not made by tiny babies in well, Asia. That's what they want you to believe. I'm just Maybe large babies, at least, right. that have had a chance to live a little. Oh, but God. it does say conscious on the label. Yeah. I should look up what that means. Anyway, and but you were these happy about fri- and flipping pants are so good that everyone's like, where did you get those? Like, Really? Yeah, they're really cool. And I could actually maybe wear them outside, but I won't because I just want them to be like the sanctity of my home. Yes. Um, within the sanctity of my home. So, and they'll stay nicer if you don't wear them outside. Yeah, Because you're totally. not sitting on like I don't want to get the gross Berlin and- dirt on my oof. fabulous stretchy pants. No, you do not. Yeah. I'm excited to see these pants. Me too. <laughs> Work. <laughs> oh my god! Is my accent week. so dumb? It's so good. Okay, <laughs> that was brilliant. Okay, work. So I've got something for you. Do tell. Okay, so I've been thinking a lot about this, and we've talked about this before. But I actually got to the point where I was like, I'm gonna actually look up a couple of resources around this because the art of asking for advice. Yes, mm-hmm. it's an art that. Not a lot of people have nailed down, let me tell you. Correct. It's it's kind of surprising um, how often people do it wrong and approach approach people who are they want to talk to or they want to ask questions or they want advice from in just a really weird way, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think because I, I put out, like, on LinkedIn, I put out a lot of content there. On Instagram, I put a lot of content, and it's all very, like, helpful stuff. Yeah, you're that's really I'm always, asking for it. I'm right? a, I, <laughs> I actually am, though. That's why I get a lot of people, like, messaging me and asking me for certain um, advice and stuff. And I have to say, I've got a couple of 
of um, like faux pas that mm. I thought I would just share. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit of a rant. So, you know, here we go. Prepare yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but the one thing that I really, I, I hate, uh, you know, just to my core is when someone says, hey, um, you do a lot of X. Do you have any advice for me? <laughs> and I'm just like, well. I don't know you. I don't know anything about you. Mm don't know what you're actually wondering or what you're asking about and do you have any advice is like I would just write back yes <laughs> right yes period full stop yeah so i think that that's that's first of all definitely the wrong way of going about it and the right way for me anyway personally and i i think probably this would be go for quite a few people is to ask very specific mm-hmm. questions. Specific is always good. Specific is really, really good. And don't open, like, even saying, um, like, opening with, like, I see that you do a lot of this and it looks really great. Like, that's always good, you know? Like, mm. pump, the old, pump the old tires mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then say, you know, I'd really love um, to ask you a few specific questions. And, and, you know, what I really love personally is when I actually get, like, an option. So if mm. they say, oh, you know, I'd really love to, if, if you had some 15 minutes, you know, and I could ask you a few questions. Or I could write the questions for you here and exactly, blah, 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 yeah. whatever. So I can choose whichever thing I think is more uh you know, easier to do or or faster or more effective for me or mm. efficient for me. Um, that's like the one thing that I really love. And then the other thing that I found people do, which I just can't believe, is like they send a message and they kind of like, it almost sounds threatening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Aggressive where they're like, one. I think that you're someone who can agree that we need to help each other, blah, 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 like that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm like, buddy. No, like, it's, those that are always just, dudes, by the way. It's it's weird. It like really makes me feel like I'm like you're trying to make me feel bad if I don't have time to do this, mm. and that is not the right way to go about it. Mm. You know, because even if the person doesn't respond to you or doesn't or or turns you down because they don't have the time, doesn't make them a monster or doesn't make them someone who oh like isn't giving back in the community. You don't know what they're doing in the yeah. community. You yeah. don't know what they're spending their time on. So don't jump to that conclusion you know i just really that and I, that's happened a couple of times to me yeah. where people have said stuff like that to me and i'm like whoa 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 yeah <laughs> you know do you I remember just, i read you that linkedin message that was like <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah yes. it was like all th- all the words had been abbreviated to three letters and yeah. then the person was like fuck you're in berlin Maybe we can collaborate anyway. And I was like, so you haven't looked at my profile. <laughs> you have You've no written idea. me this random message. It's yeah. so weird. Yeah. I mean. It's just like, I think that I, I love the fact that, like, I love the um, the fact that people will go and ask for advice. It takes a lot of courage to ask for advice. It's very humble, uh, you know, to do so. But you've got go to go about it in the right way. Yeah. You know, like, you have to just be... Uh, tactful mm. and understanding and and god keep it short as well totally i think right? actually like this just falls into the category of the fact that lots of people don't know how to communicate and i was talking with a friend about this the other day like mm. there's so much that's lost in communication and translation yeah. um there's so, so many true. layers of interpretation and of bias and of expertise and so on and so forth and it's like people don't put nearly enough time into when they write an email for example thinking to, thinking to themselves how 
does this sound if I don't know anything about the context? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. do you ever get those emails and you're like, what? What does this mean? Totally. Um, that happens a lot. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, just slow down and save yourself the trouble of having an awkward conversation later. Exactly. When someone's like, I'm so sorry, I didn't really quite catch what you're asking in this email or in this direct message or whatever. hundred percent. So, I mean, I think that that's, that's actually one thing that they, I was, I looked up a couple of kind of articles on, you know, how to ask for advice properly. Mm. And that, that was like, one of the things was like, spend time on your, the message that you're crafting and yeah. make it short and concise and direct and to the point, you know, probably the person you're asking advice from is busy mm. um, and maybe they're not, but even still they'll appreciate you, you know, being mindful of their time. Yeah. But there's a couple of, I'm going to put in the show notes, there's a couple of articles. One's from The Muse oh, and great. the other one is just from Inc.com. But both are really good, actually. Great. Yeah. So I'll put them in there for you. If you if you want to send a, an old uh, cold email, um, there's some really helpful tips in, in there for you. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Blit. Gosh, I got all serious, didn't I? No, it's okay. Oh, my God. I'm sure you get a lot of DMs. I get a couple of DMs. Hit me up in the DMs. Hit me in the DMs. Okay, love, sorry. Love a good DM. Um, so what's going on with you in... Work what? Work. 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 Um, <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, I have two articles that I read, and I wanted to just hopefully quickly touch on both of them because they were both quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the first – oh, shit, I'm not wearing my glasses. I'm going to need to pull it up here. All right. <laughs> um, the first one was The Surprising Traits of Good Remote Leaders, and it was all about – um, the fact that in face-to-face interactions, like often we kind of rely too much on stuff like charisma and um, presentation and that totally. sort of thing. Whereas the idea of um, remote work has brought this other question into question, which is, is a good leader actually someone who's like really charismatic and makes funny jokes and like uses their hands a lot and, and is maybe a, an engaging presenter or are they actually something else? And we're finding that in remote work, um, the getting stuff done instead of talking is much more valuable because yeah. nobody wants to be on these Zoom calls. It's like finally coming into, like people are actually starting to see the value in that, right? Exactly. And this oh. is actually what I always used to say about facilitators. Like facilitators don't have to be these big personalities, they yeah. can actually be. And one of the best facilitators I know is this really shy person, um, this guy that I worked with back in Sydney. But he would just methodically take us through, not waste any time, yeah. be very generous with his time in, in terms of answering questions, but then knowing exactly when to cut them off and move to the next thing. Like he was just very methodical about it. And I can imagine that those kind of skills would come in really handy for remote leadership as well, which I thought was really cool. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, um, do you want to answer my question, Britt? What's the question? What is a great leader to you? And I can start so that you can have some time to think. You got it. I'm ready. So a, a great leader for me is someone with a really strong vision, but that they're quite flexible as to where and how that happens, right? So mm-hmm. they they see the future and they are excited about it and they have this vision for what the thing's going to look like, but then also they're open to input. Yeah. Then um, they have organizational and management skills that enable them to get shit done. So they actually have the admin skills to do things. Yeah. Um, they have an, an ability to look into the future and have an idea about it. So, yeah. like, they're not just thinking about tomorrow. They're thinking about in five years' time as well. Yeah. And then finally, 
They have to be able to find good people, foster them and inspire them and care about them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm just laughing because like every point you made right before it, I was like, well, I would add this. And then you were like, and then this. And then I was like, okay, well, then I would add this. So are we agreed? I think I'm I'm very, very close, uh, you know, to your description of a good leader, I would say. Great. Um, Maybe one thing. Hold Mm. on. Vision, organizational, blah, blah, blah. Do you think? Go on. Here's a question for you. Yeah. Something that I was just going to say, and then I was like, well, I don't even know if I think that. It's just that all like great leaders seem to have this, but I don't know if that's necessarily a must. Mm-hmm. Charisma. What do you think? Um, I don't think it's a hundred percent necessary. Okay. Um, and I think that's actually just a, it's almost like a social bias that we've grown into over the years where mm-hmm. like, who has the balls to stand up in front of everyone and lead them into war? Yeah. And I think when you think about leadership, like that actually used to mean kings and queens, well, kings used to take people to war. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's just a habit. It's a, it's a psychological habit of us being like, oh, we need, but they have to, they can't be as boring as a bat. Yeah. Um, and it's the same as anything else. Like if they don't have this particular skill of like being able to rouse their crowd, yeah, then they have to work on it. You know what I mean? Like it's totally. a skill like anything else. Um, and you can learn to be inspiring and empowering. Yeah. Um, and maybe honestly, like I've been thinking about this remote thing, like maybe inspiring your team means doing that one-on-one. You know, like totally. maybe it doesn't mean standing up at the town hall in front of everyone and making a speech and having everyone cheer at the end. Maybe yeah. it's like a one-on-one thing where you're like, Brittany, I'm so excited by the work that you've done. It's very like I can see all the all the time you put into it yeah. and it's really inspired. Like let's work together to do the next bit. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's really something that uh, maybe I would add to the list is they um, are like – Maybe maybe generous isn't the right word, yeah. but maybe it is. Like they just they're gen- generous with their time. They're generous with their feedback. They're just you have. To, I think you have to be mm-hmm. if you're going to lead someone. At least if you want to be a leader, that I'm going to follow. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like I think generosity is a really big and one. That sort of abundance mindset. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I mean, you you hit the nail on the head when you were talking about with people and stuff. I think that's one thing that leaders get wrong or have been getting wrong is not caring enough about what their people care about, you know, yeah. or not not giving a shit. And that, so many founders are like, yeah. oh, I have a great idea. I mean, I don't know how to manage people, but who cares? Totally. As if that's a secondary part of the job. Yeah. No, sorry, but like running your business and the people in the business is your only job. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't, yeah, anyway, don't, don't get me started. Absolutely. Um, great. Well, thanks for your contribution. <laughs> You're welcome, Penny. Thank I'm you here so much. anytime, anytime. Um, and the second thing is, uh, I read this other article called "A Founder's Guide to Hiring Your First Designer." Ooh. And while it, it's a really good article, and frankly, if you just took designer out and put many different professions in there, I think it would still be a really good guide. So cool. um, we'll link that in the show notes. But what I really loved was mm. her description of generalist versus specialist. So I'm going to read these. article? Is it Heather Powers or something? Okay, I don't know her. Um, But yeah, we'll link it so you can see. It's a Heather something, Powell or Powers or something. Okay. Um, So because I'm always fascinated by what separates generalists and specialists in a really specific way. So um, here it says, 
Generalists are efficient. One person, sorry, this is a generalist. Mm -hmm. So they're efficient. One person has full context and can seamlessly transition from one stage of the process to the next and go back and forth to iterate with ease. So they can actually jump around a bit. Mm -hmm. Generalists are also adaptable. They can be deployed on whatever problems you have today and those you don't know enough about to anticipate. If your company's needs shift in the future, this person can adapt. Mm -hmm. And then finally, autonomous. Since generalists have a breadth of understanding across disciplines, they can look at a range of tasks and understand the time value relationship, blah, 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 prioritizing their efforts and working autonomously. Um, so I they think can, I'm a generalist. Oh, I'm for sure a generalist. I've no I mean, I know whatsoever. I'm a generalist. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely generalists. For sure. So then specialists are, and I think this is the interesting distinction, so they're very in innovative. They bring their deep domain expertise, which is essentially valuable, uh, sorry, which is especially valuable when you're looking for groundbreaking innovation to set you apart from the competition. Mm -hmm. They're focused without the need to continually context switch Specialists maintain their focus. They may ship fewer products than a generalist who is light touch on more concurrent work, but the projects they do ship will be of a higher quality in their specific domain. All right. So they're a bit slower, mm -hmm. but they're better basically. But yeah. That, that just makes sense. It just totally. Makes sense. No, totally. Um, I'm just laughing because it's like, but their work is higher quality. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, you win well, some, you lose you some. You win, you lose. Yeah, right? exactly. And then finally, they're process process-led. So these individuals know more about your about their area of expertise and others on your team, which means they can drive the process. Fascinating. I thought that was a good segue. You know what I mean? Like, so like you know what actually, to expect. Yeah. yeah, I'd really recommend that article if you're hiring your first designer and honestly, just as a reference point for hiring the first of anything in general. Absolutely. So does she suggest that you should hire a generalist or? She goes into specialist? all this. It's a really, it's a 14 minute read. Whew. Yeah. 14 minutes. I mean, I tapped out at six, but right? <laughs> culture. That was really good. Okay, thanks. Really, really good. <laughs> so before we dive into our little culture bit, as uh, our, our regular listeners might remember, last week we talked about comedians. <laughs> we... <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, uh, we were talking about a bunch of different comedians, but one of them, her name was Aisling. That's how you say it? <laughs> I think so. Hold on. Ash, no, it's pronounced Ashling. Yeah. That's Sorry. what I said. No, you said. I said Ashling. Ashleen. Oh, I said Ashleen. That's right. Or maybe I just heard that because of your weird accent. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, whatever. Maybe maybe Penny, actually. People will be like, no, Penny actually did it right. I'll be <laughs> I'll like, no, you didn't. Um, <laughs> but I did get a message from a regular listener. Her name is Anne, and she is um, from Ireland. And she just wanted to let me know, which I think is the right thing to do, by the way. I really appreciate this. She was just saying that actually, uh, you know, saying that, that Ashling is from the U.K., I know ah, we did, yeah, yeah, we did yeah. kind of make this stipulation where we're like, well, yeah, it's not really from the UK, like but whatever. Yeah. So mm. Irish people really don't like being said they're from the UK, which is totally fair. So I wanted to just apologize for saying that. We sorry. And also for messing up her name so royally. Um, anyway, she also sent some really nice words about the podcast, how she really loves it. So thanks, Anne. I really do like that when people are like, hey, you got that wrong, you know, and then just let them, they just nicely the let way, you know. I am so happy, babe. I feel like we've made it as a podcast. I know. Me too, by the way. We have our first 
correction. Yeah. Our first corrections corner. All the podcasts I listen to have this where they're like, sorry about last week. We <laughs> fucked up. We've never had one. And last week I was like, God, I say a lot of shit on this thing. Like, I know, right? I am thrilled. Yeah, me Thank too. Thank you so much, Anne. Yeah, really appreciate it. to that. Cheers. Oh, that was oh, crap. sorry. It's because I... Because I have my, you know, when you have your hands on the glass? Yeah, yeah. And then I it absorbs it the show. I know. It was a mistake. Wait, just looking right at me. All right. So culture. So we decided. We're doing a, we're going, doing a duo culture thing. Yeah. Because there's this great net, uh, documentary on Netflix that we assumed many people would be talking about. So we thought we'd just chat about that. It's The Social Dilemma. Yeah. And because we both semi-work in social media, we were like, pfft. Let's well give our cultural Louise. perspective on that one. So before we dive into like the topics and like, you know, more like hash it out a little bit, what did you think of the actual documentary? Tell it me. It was pretty dorky at times. Oh my God. It was like they were really trying to dumb it down to the oh, dumbest possible like f- audience. Full cringe moments. Yeah. Those three guys. Oh my God. So there's this moment, if you haven't seen it yet, there's this, they they try to like, show like show how things work by kind of like uh acting, acting that, like them an, out. yeah like an yeah. act out or whatever right so they're trying to say that basically all of or they're they're telling us that all of these products and you know digital basically everything we use all the time mm-hmm. that they're like manipulating us right yeah <laughs> and they're like they're they're actually you know pulling the strings on our little like marionette hands or whatever right yeah and then they like acted out with these three and these these three guys they're the same guy and it's Pete from Mad Men yeah exactly <laughs> I was like where do I know this guy from that's yeah. right yeah. Pete Campbell and what is it like he he's representing three different kinds like of people advertising right? something yeah. and something anyway that was so cringy it was, it was embarrassing yeah I was like why I didn't understand why they were doing it in the little like the family act out it was bad. Yeah. The, the annoying thing was that they had, like, all these really good experts on the show. Like, yes. for example, they had one of the invent- like one of the people that was on the team that invented the like button. How like, fucking that's cool fucking is that? massive. Yeah. If you're a developer or something and you invent the like button. Like, it's insane. But then you're also going on a documentary talking about how terrifying social media is, then we should listen to you. Exactly. They also had the guy that invented the infinite scroll. Yeah. So, like, they have some big names on there. Like, there were no second-tier social media companies. There was, I have to say, in, in general, I, I I totally agree. I think the, the people who were speaking were all very intelligent and, and it was… Super articulate. It was very… Yeah. Mm. Right? Mm. Oh, my God. That Harvard professor woman? I was like, Jesus, and how also, do you speak like that? You know the guy right at the end and he just goes on this like rampage? Is he the one with the long dreadlocks? No, no. Because I didn't actually watch it to the end. Oh, right. Okay. Brittany didn't do her homework. I, I, I actually, I had to stop because of the friggin' <laughs> The reenactment. The reenact. I couldn't. I was like, okay, all right, fine. time to move on. <laughs> like, I feel like I got the gist of it though and got the ideas. Mm-hmm. And of course, like nothing, I, I wasn't very surprised by anything. No. I mean, like, you if I mean? you work in the space and if you followed the Cambridge Analytica scandal at all, yeah. then you should know that this stuff is a huge threat to democracy. <laughs> yeah. But it did make me think a lot about just how often I'm interacting with these, with my devices, and just what it actually means. And I mean, the thing that, of course, I knew, you know, you know these things in the back of your mind, but mm. it's rare that someone comes out and just says it. Like when they're talking about sort of basically how they build products and the things that they do, mm. they're just, I mean, these are all like psychological. They're all from like 
behavioral science yeah. and psych. Like they're they're basically using our own brains against us yeah, in order absolutely. to make everything addictive and you know. Like, you can't live without it. So that is a little scary to just to hear that, like, of course you're like, well, yeah, of course they're going to use, you know, like advertising has done that for years and all products always kind of do that. Mm. But just to the point, to this point, it's a bit scary. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And also I think the point is kind of that all these nerdy white guys in Silicon Valley are creating products that affect so many different types of people yes and that's another reason why we need more diversity in the in the product space because it's like I often actually wonder because I've met a lot of developers who I'm like you definitely and this is not an insult but you definitely have some form of Asperger's or something you know what I mean like they are so socially inept yeah. and I'm like these are the guys that are really good at coding yeah <laughs> so it's kind of like they, they're not people with enormous social I don't know. They, uh, yeah, it just concerns me. But um, It's definitely concerning, mm. for sure. There was one thing that, uh, one of the things, the the quotes they brought, like throughout the documentary, a few quotes would pop up or whatever. And one of the quotes was about, I, can't, I didn't write it down exactly, but it was like something like, there are two um, industries that call their customers users. Yeah. One is drugs and the other is technology. Yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah. just like, oh my God. That's true. Yeah. And I think that was a really, um, I mean, this is a point that if you work in tech, you know it already, but the person who uses Facebook is not the customer. They, no. They're the product, actually. Um, yeah. The advertisers are the customers. And this is actually what I always used to say to when I worked at General Assembly and my students were like, I had a meeting with a recruiter and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like that's the same scenario. Like you're the product and the recruiter is set there. In life, you have to think about who the customer is because yeah. they're the person that's going to get prioritized. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was, it, yeah, I, I think I was like, I mean, I haven't thought of Facebook as a real threat for a while because I just assume no one's really on it anymore, but actually people are still oh, on no. it. Oh, no, yeah. Um, and I think a really good thing to um, keep in mind is, like, don't rant on Facebook. Like, sometimes I do it and I hate myself after, but don't rant on Facebook because actually Twitter and Facebook, they feed on that outrage. Like, algorithmically, mm -hmm. they're inclined towards things that are controversial or, like, mm -hmm. driven by emotion or whatever. So just keep it, like... Keep it simple. Keep it light. And also you're just shouting into the echo chamber. I have to say, like, when I see on Instagram and stuff when people are like, oh, you know, this pol political cause or that political cause, I'm like, all your friends already agree with you. Who are you talking to? That's very true. Like, I don't know anyone who doesn't think climate change is a problem. Oh, man. There's like, <laughs> if you have anyone in your family who's like super right wing, you mm. know that you know that's true, like yeah. in terms of, because they're posting things on their little Facebook wall. Mm. Um, I'm not actually speaking about my own family. I don't have, su I mean, maybe I probably do, but they're not super vocal anyway on, mm. on social media. But some friends have family members that are really, yeah. like, really conservative or right, or even like ultra right wing. Mm. And they post things on Facebook and then they'll show them to me and people are liking their posts mm. and no one's saying hold on a second, yeah. like that's actually fucking not real or not right or it's it's com a complete lie or this is really racist or like no one's saying those but things Even to when them. they do, it just turns into a dumb argument. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's so pointless. Yeah, but that's the thing about like social media is that it all, it's designed to 
perpetuate what you believe mm. and to to kind of almost radicalize you in a yeah, way. Yeah. That's the way the algorithm works, right? It shows you videos and posts that are similar to what you said or you, you, what you liked or what you saw mm. before. Mm. And therefore, it puts you more in the corner that you were headed towards. Absolutely. Scary. Yeah. And um, actually, my friend came up with a really great idea, which was like, um, it's an app called See My Feed, and mm-hmm. you can just pick someone, like I could pick you or Philip, what? and see your Facebook feed. So Fascinating. That's, but, I mean, it doesn't exist, but it would be so oh. interesting. <laughs> I thought but, it existed. Don't you think it would Sorry. be cool to, yes. like, because, I was like, let me get on that right now. Because that's I neat. see my feed every day, and it's all, like, super left-wing stuff. Yeah. But then I can't imagine what's on someone else's feed. And so it yeah. normalizes what you think at how you think about the world. It really does. Makes you feel like, yeah, everybody thinks mm. that. Why would I question my beliefs yeah. or look into this further or, you know? I'm interested to see where, because that's obviously Facebook, right? People get ranty on Facebook. I'm interested to see what happens with Instagram because yeah. Instagram has traditionally been the home of like desirable lives and attractive furniture and like nice, happy moments. Whereas like, it's definitely, I would say I have a low key addiction to Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. Me too. <laughs> it's like I'll be sitting and watching a movie and I'll check Instagram so often that there aren't any new posts. Oh, really? Okay. Mm. I've never actually, that's never happened to me. Really? But do you follow a lot of people? I follow 400 people I checked yesterday. I probably follow around that. Maybe a bit more. Okay. Maybe a bit more. But um, I, I have to say one thing that I'm really glad that I did is sort of transition my social media profiles into kind of professional profiles. So I don't really, like, you know, I'm not posting things. I mean, I'm posting about my personal life, but like not in a, in a very deep or real way. It's all very surface stuff, you know? Um, And therefore I can actually, I do have this, I have this feeling that I can turn it off and I'm Mm. not going to like miss a certain aspect of my but then again I'm on WhatsApp all the time Mm. I'm you know on Facebook Messenger oh and LinkedIn oh and LinkedIn I'm completely obsessed with LinkedIn especially when I have a post that really pops off I just like your last one. Oh, my last one's doing so good. Popping off. Brittany Brittany always picks the posts that I'm going to have success with. She'll send me a message right away like, by the way, last post was bomb emoji. And then next minute, it's like 10,000 views. And I'm just like, what? How do you know? But it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. It is, yeah. But um, I find that, yeah, I mean, like. How, okay, can really, I know we're kind of all over the place with this, but it is a very. It's like, a, yeah, it's a there's this one. There's a few stats that I thought were fascinating and terrifying. Oh, yeah. Go the on. ones with the like the, the child suicide, and teenage right. suicide. That was fucked up. Since 2006. Like literally six? before all this started. Yeah. Like basically once kids mm. had phones and social media, you know, I guess that was probably around the time. Right. So 2006 mm. was when Facebook was kind of kicking off. And um and that's the the rate of suicide amongst young people, especially girls, girls I think. Yeah. So like between, I think, 10 and 14 years old, it, it's gone up like 130%. And the worst thing was in that tween group, the 10 to 14 group, the suicide rate was really low. Super low. It was like almost zero. Yeah. And now it's up by hundreds of percents and it's, it's like awful. Terrifying. Yeah. And I, oh my God, I think about this all the time. And I don't know if you're as an ugly teenager as I was, but like, 
I, I would not. I don't know if I would have had a good time if social media. In fact, I know I would have had a terrible time. Yeah. If social media existed when I was a teenager. Like, I mean, imagine. So you got teased at school. Like I definitely had. Uh, you know, I have. I have some. Like, sort of, you know, how you have these like certain memories yeah. that are kind of burned into your brain of like what someone said to you or what someone called you or something. And it's like, that was only like, I only have a handful of those, mm. but I have they this. See it they're right there. Yeah. Like I could relive that in a second, oh you know? Oh my God, yeah. And it's like, can you imagine if it were just 24 7 that you were just surrounded by people? Like, yeah, just being able to comment on you and talk about your appearance. Not only that, also being bombarded by all these images of the perfect body and how what you should have and but how you should you know what else? Like when I was a teenager, I was very much figuring out what kind of person I was because I was mm-hmm. obviously not one of the blonde pretty girls. I wasn't one of the super smart girls. I wasn't one of like the goth girls. I was kind of this like in-between-ish thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like social media would have really pushed me into one of those subcultures yeah. in much more of a severe way. Um, and fuck, like some of the gymnasts that I follow, like I don't follow any of them, but like some of the good gymnasts now mm-hmm. have these social media profiles with like millions of followers yeah. and these gorgeous selfies with their perfect makeup. Jeez. And I was just not, I was not Instagram ready when I was a kid. No. Yeah, I was like, neither. I had a face full of braces. I had frizzy hair. I was really skinny and you could see all my veins on my face and I hadn't grown into my nose yet. Mm. Maybe I still haven't. You have totally grown <laughs> into your nose. Absolutely. You know, it would have been so hard. Yeah. I feel so sorry for kids with social media. Yeah. It's horrible. And mm. it's like, what do we do? Like, that's the thing though. What do we do about it? Because oh. it's just like, like, you know, it's so ingrained. Like if we have kids one day. I just don't even know how how you can deal with that. I yeah, me neither. I would go like, off grid. I'd have to live right? in a, on a farm and grow my own bloody vegetables. Exactly. Which we all know that's to, not going to happen. <laughs> just to protect your kids from fucking social media. Oh, I mean, Absolutely. it's scary, horrifying. So I've been doing a lot of writing stuff this week for my clients, mm-hmm. and it, it like writing for me is very like. It's a creative process to some extent, but you're also trying to piece together all these puzzles. So I'm like, I find the days when I write better are when I don't look at social media in the morning. Yes. Like usually I'm pretty lazy mentally and I just wake up and grab my phone and scroll through and until I wake up a bit. But I feel like it almost, it's like an anesthetic. It almost dulls your senses because it's like all these beautiful things and all this nice happy life and all this like hyper reality and then you get into real reality and you're like, you're, it's almost like you forget who you are a little bit. You're like, where's the vibrant filter? Yeah. Why, <laughs> Why is this that, screen so yeah. dull? Right? Why do I look in the mirror and I look gray? Yeah. Like seriously though, that is, that's so interesting. And I do need to be a little bit harder on myself because I used to be really good about that. I used to really like not look at my phone before I went to the bathroom, brushed my teeth, mm. even like did something in the morning, like made coffee or, or you know, exercise or something just to break that cycle and Mm. I've gotten back into the habit of like waking up and Mm. looking at it. I try to do intermittent fasting Mm food-wise and I'm starting to do it for smoking and for Instagram. That's really interesting. Because I'm just like, should we do it together? Yeah, I've already started. Cheers. Well, and I'm a few days behind, <laughs> but I'm telling you, I'm right on track. That's a great so idea. So from 8 p.m. till 12 noon the next day. No Instagram. No Instagram. It's Love pretty it. fucking hard. I'll Oof, tell you what. I like that <laughs> challenge, though. That's really good. Yeah. 8 p.m. till 12. Yeah. Sometimes it's just good to group all your addictions together. <laughs> 
<laughs> totally. Absolutely. And it, I mean, alcohol is not in that group. So we're okay. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. No, exactly. No, no. I can we still can have wake a drink up and have four in the morning. Exactly. I can still wake up and have my, uh, my glass of wine. Oh, with breakfast my coffee. wine. Breakfast. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Lifestyle. <laughs> Fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. He's like, give me more. Yeah. Give okay. me more of Penny. So can I tell you about my lifestyle thing? Yes. My lifestyle is 99% life admin. Mm-hmm. I basically don't have a lifestyle. It's Correct. work and it's life admin. So um, my lifestyle tip today is that I went to the Australian embassy mm-hmm. because my passport has expired. Mm. Um, and my task for this week was to get a new flipping passport. It's, it's good to give yourself one a big week task. That's yeah. what I do. This is what I do now because my list is so long yeah. and so overwhelming that I'm just like one task per week. That's Don't really try good. and fiddle around with all of them. I love just that. Just that. Yeah. So I'm just doing my passport this week, had my appointment. And normally in Germany, whenever I have an appointment, I'm really anxious. I'm like, oh, my God, why do, do I have everything in my bag? Like, is she going to yell at me? Am yeah. I going to be able to understand her German? Am I be, I'm going to be able to speak German. Um, but this time I was weirdly excited. Mm. I was like, why am I so relaxed? Yeah. Because um, normally I feel like it's a test, like I'm going to do a test. Right. But today I was like, I'm going to the Australian embassy. Do you know how fucking friendly they are there? Oh, They're just yeah. like, hey, how are ya? Are there what Australians are working yes. here? Yes. Oh, yes. That's so nice. It's great. And you waltz in. I waited two minutes in a completely empty lobby. The lady was like, tra-la-la-la-la. Oh, Gave my me the, the thing. They're going to uh, post me my passport. Like, it's so easy. Wow. The only, like, time when she nearly made a mistake and so on was – uh, obviously when you have a passport, they need to see a face. And so we kind of finished the appointment and she was like, all right, well, you have a lovely day. Have a great weekend. And I'm like, oh, thanks. And she was like, oh my God, wait, could you just take your mask off for one second so I can see your face? Because <laughs> we just totally forgotten about it. And That's I was adorable. like, that was the most efficient thing I've ever, and I mean, I do miss Australian efficiency. So I've gone, which is funny because of course everyone talks about German efficiency. It doesn't even, but it's not, yeah, German, I, I would I would replace German efficiency with German bureaucracy because that's what they actually love. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good, uh, right? Pretty good tip. They flip and love a little bureaucracy. Okay, so uh, I have to say just quickly on your note there that I've gone to the Canadian embassy for my passport as well, mm-hmm. and I was expecting, you know, Some I was Canadians. expecting this. I was expecting to be like, oh, great, Hello. welcome home. Yeah, <laughs> it was not at all like that. Oh, no. lot, apparently, a lot of half German, half Canadian people because they were pretty much all German, and and it was. Um, it was pretty quiet around there, you know. Mm. I was kind of expecting a little bit of like, yeah. oh, how you doing, eh? You know, but I got Cute. nothing. I got nothing. Well, actually, I took two different passport photos, like one ugly one and one nice <laughs> one. And I was hoping that she would, because, you know, your passport photo is always an issue. Yeah. And I was like, now I've got two passport photos. And she's like, which one do you like better? And I'm just like, oh my this gosh. one. And she's like, perfect. And That's if it's so not right, true. they're going to email me. They're going to email me, Brit. Wow. I don't even have to go back. I don't have to That's write a huge. letter. That's I don't huge. have to argue with anyone. Sorry, I'm just deep. I'm balls deep in yeah. Germanness. It's crazy how often you can't email about things in Germany. Oh. But let's not even get into that. They're like, you need to come in. Yeah, exactly. Talk to us face to face. Oh, no, you need to come in. Do yeah. you want an appo- appointment? No, no, no. Come we in. don't have any of those. <laughs> um, so, how about you, Brit? <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about uh, compromise lately. In my life, oh, because I, hate I am compromising. I know <laughs> it's just not sexy. No, right? I want my nobody, way or the highway. Nobody wants to compromise. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. So just because like uh, we're moving apartments, we found a new apartment, very exciting. Oh God, but I'm we're so going to be buying some new things, like a, a new couch and 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 some other items. And it's just so funny, like. It's like, you know how you get so excited about, you're like, oh, we're buying a new couch. And then you're like, oh, but like, you're gonna the other person yes. also needs to like the couch. Yeah. yeah. I'm, <laughs> and I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not all about it. That. I'm like, yeah. I have a vision. Yeah, I know. How, how dare you also have an idea of what you want in this I life. I have a vision. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why it's good that like when you live alone, you I just, the minute I started living alone, it was like, just penny exploding and everywhere. That's what happened when I lived alone when I uh, back in 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 Canada. My apartment people came in and they were like, "Wow, this place <laughs> could not be more Britney." Can like, you imagine? Holy crap. By the way, you know how you have a new logo? Yes. Can you imagine if Britney lived alone and her whole house was just decked out with her illustrations and logos? Honestly, and stuff? <laughs> that is exactly I what I would do. I wouldn't put a pastor. So I was looking online at these couches, and I was looking on this website. It's a German website. I think it's German. It's called Home24. Oh, yeah. I think it's German. Mm -hmm. But anyways, I was looking at all these couches, and there's tons of cool options and blah, blah, blah. And then I found one that I really liked, and then the reviews were really good, right? So I look in, and they're all German reviews, and they're all like, um, this couch is really good. Nice and hard, you know, like, oh, yeah, this one's really good firm couch, you know, whatever. And I was laughing so hard because I'm like— Leave it to Germans to, like, never want to be comfortable. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're like, I just want it on my couch. I want to be able to sit up real nice and straight, you know? like I don't want to have any fun yeah. doing this. I don't want to relax. No, we need to be sitting up straight on a nice, hard, Fully dressed, firm shoes seat. on. Yeah, exactly. Buttoned right up. Buttoned right up. I need my belt on. Yeah. Oh, you Germans. I we love, love you. That. We love you guys, but it is But quite you're funny. hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's that's all I have. I'm just, that's all I have. No, I'm into it. Yeah. Um, can I make two more points? Please. Just really willy-nilly ones. 100%. So um, I was looking at my, so I've been, obviously, we're all working at home a lot. Yeah. And at the start of quarantine, I got my place to a, pl a, a place where I'm like, yeah, this looks cute. Yeah. And then I looked at it today and I was like, I'm sick of looking at you. And so I've like... <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what Revamping. the things I need to change are that will make a big difference. So I've decided, you know that moment when you're like, oh, my God, that's the key to my happiness. <laughs> yes. and, it, and it definitely will be the key to your it happiness. It will be because actually I'm that easy to make happy. But yeah. I need a new ottoman. An ottoman. Yeah. See, you know my little uh, velvet green one? Yes. It's got to go. The velvet green couch? The, no, the ottoman. Just oh, just the ottoman. Because I was like, Upstairs. that couch is great. The, the couch is staying. Okay. But the green guy, right. he's got to go, and I'm going to replace it with something more modern. Right, okay. And different color. Okay. Different, because it's all too green and velvety too in my green. house. Everything's greeny velvet. <laughs> Don't you just love a bit of green velvet? I mean, yeah, of course, <laughs> obviously. Um, and I just cannot wait to get this goddamn ottoman. And I really, you know, when you're procrastinating on a piece of work and you yeah. just end up in an ottoman rabbit hole. Yes. You've looked at every ottoman on the internet. And yeah. You're like, well, it's going to cost me 600 bucks to yes. get the one I want. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> oh, Lord. That's fabulous. So guess what we're doing now, guys? What? We're going to—me and Brittany both have boyfriends, right? Right. And they've never really hung out. Oh, yeah. So now's the time. We're going to make them be friends. That's so good. We're, like, forcing We're, forcing, We're forcing them. A friend and we've hang. been, like, manipulating this situation behind the scenes. Like, totally. is he going to be in a good mood? 
<laughs> is he going to have lots of fun? Well, like no one else can come because we have to force it to, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It has to be like natural, but yeah. forced. No, totally natural. Forced. And everyone's like, what are, you, what are you guys doing this Friday night? And we're like, oh, we're fully booked. Busy, fully booked. <laughs> <laughs> we're fully important. booked. We've got a very important strategic operation here. So if you're a man listening to this podcast and you have a girlfriend and she's trying to just... It's be happening. afraid. Yeah. Be very afraid. It's happening. She's going to make it happen whether you like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> so Zoe. By the way, I felt like this episode was really, it was like, it was, you know, it was like high emotions, lots of silly, but then serious. It was but a bit it was all like, over the place. I mean, <laughs> I think in all the right ways. I kind of really enjoyed, I mean, at least I enjoyed recording it. Okay. Let's see if people enjoyed listening to yeah, it. Yeah. I'll you let know? you know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I always listen. <laughs> Before it's edited as well. So you'll be listening to it. I sometimes listen twice. Yeah. (laughs) Penny is our biggest fan. I am. I'm okay with that. I seriously, I listen to the podcast when I'm feeling lonely. (laughs) Is that pathetic? It's sweet. It's not pathetic. Maybe a little. Whatever. (laughs) Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick, all right? (laughs) Don't be a dick, Brittany. (laughs) I'm trying. Bye. Bye.